ho, ho, fellow travelers. Hey, Billy Diamond here, and I'm blitzing your eardrums with branding cheer like a sugar-fueled elf with a gift-wrapped episode of the Branding for Entertainers podcast. Now, I know, I know, you're probably getting ready to be knee-deep in jingle bells and eggnog. But hear me out. This podcast originally dropped like a stocking stuffer in 2020, and it really deserves a second unwrapping. Why? Because it's got more cheer than Santa's workshop and secrets to tinsel your brand brighter than Rudolph's nose. Let's face it. Most folks think branding is just slap dashing a logo on their forehead. But hold your reindeer, friends. Color is the secret weapon in your branding arsenal. Yep, color. It's the magic reindeer dust that sprinkles good vibes all over your audience. Ever wonder why Santa's rocking that cherry red and snowy white? Well, it's not just a fashion statement. It's a sleigh full of psychology. And in this episode, we're cracking the color code, showing you how the right hues can jingle all the way to higher bookings and a stage presence that melts hearts faster than a snowman in spring. So grab a candy cane, crank up the volume, and get ready to dive deeper than Scrooge in a Scrooge McDuck money vault. Yeah, today we're painting your brand with emotion so vibrant audiences will be humming your name long after the last snowman melts. So buckle up, buttercups. We're taking off on a magical sleigh ride through the psychology of color and its power to boost your brand like a rocket with reindeer antlers. Whew, that was a lot to get through. Let's go. Listen, I have with me today my son, who every once in a while pops in, shows his face, and guess what? He doesn't show his face because it's an audio. Audio, Dad. Audio. It's audio. <laughs> yes, let's get this right. Old The old man can't figure out if it's audio or video, but it is an audio <laughs> podcast, so... Welcome to my son, Ryan Diamond. What is going on, guys? <laughs> Ryan is a little bit more tech savvy than the old man here. But uh, welcome, okay. Ryan, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah. We're going to talk about something amazing today, and you're not going to geek out on it near as much as me, and that okay. is the psychology of color and branding. But um, um, oh God! Did you hear a big silencer? I did. I definitely heard a silence. I heard it. Hey, I mean, <laughs> by all means, hey, hey, go go out of what what, do, what does what does that mean? Psychology and branding. Um, we're gonna talk about a little bit in this podcast about how the colors of Christmas came about, which is pretty amazing. Now I'm geeking out because I know what that means. Precisely, precisely. But and you, it gets you excited. Yeah, it does. It definitely gets me excited. Hey, but you probably don't know what that. that means. Let me let me ask you this: what What do you think the colors are of Christmas when it comes to branding? Um, Any idea? So so think about Christmas for a moment, right? Okay. And what do you think when you think of colors for Christmas? I think of uh, blue, red, blue green. and red. Yeah, sometimes green, gold. Do you want to know what the most popular two colors are when it comes to Christmas? Red and green. Did somebody cue you or did you actually know that? Nah, lucky guess. Lucky guess. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Your lucky guess is absolutely 100% right. We're going to talk about this for a moment and why and how 
red and green even came about during the course of Christmas and why it's the colors that we know today. And then we're going to talk about why the colors of Santa are so important. Don't you want to know? Let's try this again. Don't you want to know? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why my dad is the expert on branding and I could. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into it. Well, well, thank you for that, son. That is just great. No problem. You're listening to the Branding for Entertainers podcast, where we talk about your visual, verbal, and virtual brand and why it matters. This podcast helps entertainers grow and become someone that your clients and audience remember long after your gig is over. And now, here's your host, Billy Diamond. Hello, I'm Billy Diamond. I'm recording this on December 31st, 2020, the very last day of the year. And I hope that you had a wonderful holiday, however you celebrated it. Perhaps it was the Christian holiday of Christmas, or perhaps it was even Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all these several things that we celebrate with our diversity and our beliefs are powerful things. Well, branding and color is also a very, very powerful thing. So I want to back up to last week and talk about Christmas. You know, those colors of red and green and how they became the most popular Christmas colors. Where did it start? How did it begin? Well, you see, most Christmas colors and their meanings actually come from the Western and Northern European traditions and customs when Christmas is in the middle of winter and it's dark and cold. But you see, centuries ago, Ancient Celtic people believed that holly plants brought beauty and good fortune in the middle of winter. And as such, do you know what they did? They regularly outfitted their homes with the red and the green plants as a way to promote a prosperous new year. The color red represented holly berries, and green, evergreen plants like holly, ivy, and even mistletoe. And they've been used for thousands of years to decorate and brighten up buildings during a long, dark winter. But you see, it doesn't stop there. You see, there's another big reason why red and green are such a major part of the holidays. And it's thanks to a global brand that we all know. I know you've heard of them. Coca-Cola. That's correct, Coca-Cola. For your Thanksgiving pleasure, the Coca-Cola Company and the bottlers of Coca-Cola bring you the television premiere of Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy. You see, Coke's advertising has absolutely been among the most prolific in marketing history and, of course, has made a notable impact on pop culture and society even as a whole. It's a real thing. Where did it begin? Let's back up to the 1930s. As the Coca-Cola company was looking for ways to increase sales for their product during the winter, you see, back then I should point out that it was a slow time of the year for the soft drink market. It's not like it is today where we constantly drink that refreshing taste of Coca-Cola. So how did it begin? You see, in 1931, Coke hired an artist by the name of Hadan Sunblom. 
and his job was to bring Santa to life for their magazine ads. Now, Sunblom was actually inspired in large part to create his Santa in part by Clement Clark Moore's 1822 poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, or as you may know it, Twas the Night Before Christmas. Now, it should be pointed out that he also used his own image for the famous Santa that we know today. Now, if that isn't enough, you see, this new jolly bearded Santa Claus, he was, of course, decked out in Coke's corporate colors, the same ones we know today, red and white. The ads were actually surrounded with verbiage, and they were bordered in the color green, like ivy and things like that. And Sunblom's ads, which showed Santa drinking Coke and delivering presents, actually ran from 1931 to 1964. It solidified the green of the fir trees, the holly, and the poinsettias that we already had in our minds. And as a result, red and green has come to signify Christmas in the modern age. But I would be remiss if I didn't say that there were many other illustrators who drew Santa long before the Coke ads ran. Sunblom's Santa ads were the images that changed the way Americans imagined Santa and Christmas as a whole. Now, with all that said, though, a cartoonist by the name of Thomas Nast was actually the first to draw Santa wearing a red suit with fur lining, a nightcap, and a black belt with a large buckle on it. And prior to Nast's work, Santa's outfit was actually tan in color, but it was Nast. He was the one that changed it to red. However, Sunblom's Christmas imagery of Santa is so popular that they are still used by the Coca-Cola company to this day. And now you know the story. So it's quite easy to see how color and meaning can not only be conveyed through the use of branding, but also how a major company like Coke can go beyond the limits of their product to building a lifestyle brand. But how do you use colors effectively to build upon your brand and your image? After all, we are not Coca-Cola. Uh, we don't have that kind of money for advertising like they do, of course. Now, let me do this. I want to be the first to say and back up here for a second to say that I am not a color expert by any means. And anybody who tells you they are a color expert is a total liar, because here's the deal. You'd have to be an expert in the science of physics, sociology, linguistics, chemistry, neuroscience, astronomy, optics, human biology, anthropology, art history. Um, you get my point? <laughs> now, these are just a few of the things that you would need to be able to label yourself as a color expert. So a color expert, I am not. But what we can do is we can hit the surface. Now, before we begin to understand how to use colors within our branding, it's important to understand why color is important in branding. You might be saying, well, Billy, I'm just an entertainer. Who cares? Why is this so important? Well, it is. You see, if you get your color or colors right for your brand, you can increase bookings, become associated with those consistent colors, and even more importantly, affect a person's mood. But if you get it wrong, the color of that call to action button on your website or even your promo material can cost you gigs. It can also set you up for failure and how you are perceived. Every time you walk into a room, color impacts how we feel, how you feel, and how others feel. 
So let's dive into color, the visual part of your brand. Now, it would be impossible to cover everything about color and branding in this very short podcast episode, but what we can do is talk about some of the fundamentals that can help you either get on track or help you right where you're at and provide you some clarity. The world around us is color-coded. It tells us uh, when we should stop and when we should go. When we think of certain vehicles like a fire truck or a taxi, I bet it invokes a split-second decision of a certain color for you. It's something that you don't even have to think about, really. And the same is true with product packaging and company identity. For example, we were talking about Coke, right? You automatically think of red when you think of Coke. Pepsi colors might take a little bit of extra thought process, though, because unless, of course, you prefer Pepsi over Coke, or maybe if you live in the USA, it's quite easy to remember that red, white, and blue, of course. Now, on a psychological level, to understand the why behind color, we turn to the human brain. It's the neocortex portion of our brain that actually tells us that everything that we see visually has color. Here's kind of a fun fact. If you're a person who has decent vision, you are actually able to see over, are you ready for this? Over 10 million colors. Now, surprisingly, as smart as our brains are as humans, there are some actual species of animals that can actually see many, many more colors than us. At this point, you might be saying, snooze fast. This is boring. Give me something that I can use to help my brand. I just think it's really important that you have a little bit of a basis and more of a background of the science and the psychology of color before we jump in a little bit further. So that's why I did that. That's why I told you those things. Now, it should go without saying that the use of color in your branding should not be used just because you like that color for your promo, or perhaps it's your favorite color, or you think it looks good on you wrong. <laughs> Gosh, it's actually one of the biggest mistakes that I see so many entertainers make when they're looking to create a brand and work on their visual image. Now, I'm not saying that a certain color doesn't look good or make a person smile when they see it. Yeah, you're not totally wrong. You just need to step back and ask yourself, why are you using that color or those colors? Now, I'm not going to get into breaking down the meaning of each color here. Uh, there's plenty of stuff on the internet that you can go and look at if you want to figure that out. Okay. So just go into Google or someplace like that and search color meaning chart or color psychology. And honestly, you will be flooded with enlightenment of a lot of people that just want to share that. It's actually a good starting point as well, because you'll see how each color can attract and sometimes the opposite. It can repel as well, or even invoke a feeling or emotion that you want your audience or your buyer to have. So that's really important that you do understand the meaning behind colors. Not only must you think about the appropriateness of your color choices, but you have to think about the brightness and the saturation of those colors. You have to think about if you want to create high arousal uh, when they actually see it and see your brand. So high arousal would be like the excitement factor or even the opposite, like low arousal. Like maybe you want to make them feel very relaxed. Uh, for example, if I was a corporate entertainer in which my job was to actually re be a representation for them, I probably wouldn't be using loud, boisterous colors. I would probably choose something more traditional, trustworthy, warm, and friendly, of course. And uh, now I here's the thing. I know 
uh, I will probably hear from some people and they'll dispute me on this and say, but hey, I do trade shows and the more colorful I am, uh, the more attention it brings and the more attention I can grab uh, for the people that I'm working for. And of course, that is a whole different ball of wax. I'm going to tell you that right now. There is a science to all this. Remember our previous section where we talked about that? There's a science to this, okay? So here's the secret though, really. You have to figure out and know your market and actually what the end result needs to be. Think about that. I'm going to say it one more time. You have to figure out and know your market and what the end result needs to be. Now, here's the thing. If you have multiple markets, you can hardly expect to target all of them with the same look and feel of your brand. That's another huge area where I see so many getting it wrong. Here's your opportunity to change it and get it right. Dare to be different from your competition when it comes to color and branding. Sometimes the obvious choice is to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. But also hear this, as long as it makes sense for your market, your character, your product, and who you are. If you can meet that criteria, you're actually heading in the right direction. Also, don't get completely caught up on the myth that uh, specific colors have specific meanings. You'll see that when you do that uh, little search for color meaning. For example, they'll say, yellow is cheerful, green is soothing, or brown is earthy. While that is correct, people actually attribute different and sometimes even contradictory meanings to the same color, and that is dependent on various factors. People have different experiences with colors, and those experiences can actually influence the meaning that they attribute to a color. For example, if I almost die in a car accident in a yellow car, I might not look at yellow the same way again. So even though it might be soothing and things like that, it can have a negative impact. But here's the thing. Even though that most people possess the same associations, the intensity of those connections actually depend on past experiences that we have. And culture also plays a role when it comes to your color choices. Research culture-specific colors. It's really important. So if you're in the United States or you're in uh, Germany, uh, wherever you might be, research those actual cultural differences when it comes to color. Really important. For example, your use of blue for your brand in Asia could actually come across as cold. So here's the thing. I actually recently worked on a branding project with a client in France, and I can guarantee you that I had to do a little bit of homework to make certain that our color choices that we used for them actually translated there, since, of course, that's where he performs. It's a lot different than here in the U.S. Maybe not a whole lot, but there's still a difference, and it's really important to know his market and also the culture in France. As if you don't have enough information here to step back and think about, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. Yeah, that's right. You're going to get some homework. <laughs> I want you to strategically analyze your color choices, the ones you have right now. Because if you do, and you can step back and just kind of think about it, it's going to do a, some amazing things for you. You're going to be able to identify the personality of your brand, or let's make sure it does that, identifying the personality of your brand. It can help you with the quality of what you have to offer. It targets the emotion of your audience. It should align with your mission. Let me say that again. Align with the mission of your brand. It will begin to influence buyers' decisions to book you. 
and you're going to actually be able to build brand loyalty through your colors, simply put. Now, there's actually a statistic that says brand recognition is increased by 80% just with the use of color. So go out there and use the right colors. I guess that's the, <laughs> that's the bottom line, use the right colors. Now, if you have any questions or you need some help, you can always email me at hello at brandingentertainers.com. If you want to see if you're on track with your colors, I'll be happy to send you a questionnaire that can guide you a little more. It's totally free. Uh, all you got to do is just mention this podcast, and I'd be happy to get you that uh, questionnaire. And remember, please be sure to like, share, and comment on this podcast wherever you're listening. Help us with the ratings. Help us to get this great information out to people, uh, specifically entertainers who who might need it. So uh, this just as a happens to be a lesson on color, but we have guests and all sorts of things. So anyway, I'm so grateful to be with you tonight. And hey, here's the deal. We made it to the end of 2020. So stay hopeful and we'll see you in 2021. Be safe and happy new year. I love-